I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Happy Thursday. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we are continuing with the unsolicited advice series where I give advice to no one asked for by topic for each Enneagram type. Today we're covering the topic of self-care for type three. I'll cover what life can look like for you with and without self-care, what you may do to sabotage your self-care, and a few practical tips for infusing more self-care into your life. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. So my rose for today is that yesterday I woke up headachy and burnout and exhausted and my perfect husband <laughs> sent me um, $20 in our bank app and was like, take yourself out to lunch. So I took myself out to lunch. I mean, I got like black bean tacos from Taco Bell and ate in my car, but I was alone and it was quiet and no one was waiting for me. And I picked us up some fancy coffees on the way home and just kind of prompted me to do some really intense self-care. So I rolled some tasks from my to-do list over to today and really took care of myself yesterday and it felt amazing. And I was able to get the same tasks done in record time this morning because guess what? I was rested and it was real, real nice. My thorn for today, I'm doing thorn first because I want to end on a positive, is that, um, you know, it's just like the fragility of belief in yourself and the need to keep that alive to do the work that I do. You know, sometimes you just have a hard time trusting that like you are going to, you're doing a good job or that like you're putting good work out there or that you have what it takes to do the things you want to do in the world. And that's normal, right? It's normal to have ebbs and flows. If I, if I just felt like, yes, I'm, I've got this all the time. Like that would be a little bit, I wouldn't trust that it feels a little arrogant, <laughs> you know, like, um, something else is going on, but at the same, so doubt is normal, right? Like not feeling confident all the time, feeling like sometimes you're not sure if you have what it takes. All of that is so fine and so okay, but it is really hard when you are like me and I'm creating YouTube and podcasts and Instagram content every day and working on another book, just feeling like, oh, that doubt can feel so crippling. I just want to, you know, I think the thorn is here. So that transparency is here, but oh, it's hard. It's hard to say it every time, but I, I think it's a good practice for me as a seven to share the thorn every day, even if I feel like a bummer. Otherwise, I think that's how we end up with the idea that it's just easy for me all the time or that my life is just perfect when in reality, like there's always a lot more going on behind the scenes than we think. So I'm talking myself into keeping the thorn here. It was the right move. All right, my bud, the thing I'm looking forward to is y'all, the interviews that I'm doing for March are so, so good right now. I am just over the moon about them. The first one comes out tomorrow and I have a really exciting interview happening this afternoon with a really good friend of mine who I adore. And yeah, it's a good interview season. I'm loving interviews and I'm loving getting to introduce you guys to people or open up Enneagram conversations with people that I adore. So I'm looking forward to even more of those coming out. 
Real quick, today's episode is brought to you by Bentonville, Arkansas. Yeah, the town of Bentonville. This feels really exciting. Sometimes you visit somewhere and you think to yourself, I could really see myself living here. Maybe you end up moving or maybe you don't, but for some reason that feeling really sticks with you. For me, this often happens when I fall in love with a coffee shop or a body of water or even a hotel. I am personally a big fan also of that small town thing where it's like a small town, but there's lots of things to do that gives you the feeling of living in a larger city without all of the chaos. When I visited Bentonville in 2019, I had no idea what I was getting into, right? I knew I was going to Arkansas to speak at a conference and that it would be fun because the people bringing me there were fun, but I didn't know that I would fall in love with the city. I stayed at the 21C Hotel, which is a hotel with an art museum in it. I walked through this like Stars Hollow-esque town square to Onyx Coffee Lab and had perfect coffee every day, twice a day. And I had some of the best meals ever at the Hive Bentonville. So if you are looking for a relocation, you're going to want to keep Bentonville on your list. I would have never looked at Arkansas before, but I can tell you Bentonville is so cool. Like so, so cool. Um, If you are looking at Asheville, North Carolina, it's pretty comparable, but they have more industry. I think they have more jobs there. So things to keep in mind. Now let's give some unsolicited advice on self-care for type three. All right, so when self-care gets neglected for our type threes, our achievers, a few things can happen. The first is that you might lose sight of what you want. You know, you go in, you do your job, you do what you have to do, you know, and and this is, we, we often talk about work when it comes to threes, but it's not always work that gets this energy. Sometimes it's our appearance. Sometimes it's being a parent. Sometimes it's being a partner. So I might talk about work more, but just know that this can apply to anything that you are putting this attention into. So you might go in, you might do your job, might fulfill your role and excel at your role, but then forget to ask yourself, is this what I wanted? Is this what I really want? Is this working for me? The second thing that can happen when self-care gets neglected is you take it out on those that are closest to you. Maybe you're feeling irritable. Maybe you push them away. Maybe you close them out. Maybe you snap at them when they interrupt you, things like that. Number three, you feel sad and you don't know why. And finally, when you are neglecting your self-care, maybe you crash, like you just like spend days on the couch watching TV, or maybe you binge, or maybe you numb out, or maybe you restrict something that you feel like you are not living up to your own standards and maybe you're even doing it in secret. It's like a thing that maybe only you know or only you and the people who live with you know. And eventually maybe you talk about it, but the first sign is that you kind of shut down. So with self-care, you know, you can get really clear on what you want. You know, you know where you're going, what you're, what you're doing, and and that it's going to make you feel good. It's not just like a goal version of what you want, but it's like, you know, like I stand behind this. This is what will fulfill me deeply. Two, you validate your own feelings and the feelings of others. Three, you know when to work and when to play. You feel confident that you're spending your time in the right places and you're not resting, thinking about how you should be working, and you're not working wishing that you are resting. You are trusting the process. 
and you, you feel like you're in alignment with where you are spending your time. Number four, you focus on feeling good over doing things, you know, like you choose to feel good in your life instead of accomplishing things off of a list. So let's get into how we sabotage. Threes can sabotage in a few ways. Number one, not listening to yourself. It's really easy to not take care of yourself if you just ignore your own wants and needs and don't ask yourself good questions. Don't pause to notice. Um, The second thing is that they focus on the destination. We've talked about this before, but threes can kind of have this destination mindset of, okay, I need to get to point B. And if I get to point B, then I'll have time to be happy or that will make me happy. And the problem is that when you get to point B, well, guess what? There's point C just like a little bit ahead of you. And point B doesn't feel so enticing anymore because you've already conquered it. And so then you work toward point C and the whole time you're on the journey, you're killing yourself. You know, you're not listening to your body. You're not giving yourself what you need. You're not taking care of yourself. You're not listening to your feelings because you just need to muscle through to get to the next point. But then you get to the next point and you need to move on to the next point. And eventually that's your life is just muscling through to get to the next destination. And you look back over the course of your life and it's just years and years of exhaustion of giving and crashing and giving and crashing and pushing and crashing. You know, you need some stability there, right? And some joy and play. The third way that our threes can sabotage is overburdening their task list. When you feel like you are loved for what you do, and what you can accomplish, there's never enough to do. There, You're never done. Your task list will never be complete. And so having to kind of pause, and we'll get into kind of how do you infuse self-care in here intentionally, but a lot of the work, again, is like pausing and checking in with your task list and asking yourself, what is here to make me feel like I'm doing something, and what is here because I want the result of what I'm doing? And one of the ways in which things get added to your task list unnecessarily is the fourth way that you sabotage, which is motivating yourself through competition. So looking at what the people in your field of study are doing, looking at people who are similar to you and wanting to beat them and and kind of gauging, okay, well, this person wrote a book, so I should write a book. This person launched a course, so I should launch a course. This person quit their job, so I should quit my job. This person got promoted, so I need to get promoted soon. And when you motivate through competition, you are no longer in touch with what it is that you want, what you need, what's going to feel good to you, because you're so driven by the things that people around you are doing that you just keep adding task after task after task and expectation on yourself after expectation. And when do you get a break, right? Okay, so how do we infuse more self-care in? Number one, this is the advice that I give to all of my threes. You need to daily walk every day if you can, especially in that like sweet spot between work and home. Take a walk with no one else and no stimulation, no podcast, no audiobook. Turn it all off. And be in silence alone and feel your feelings because so many of those feelings are getting stuffed aside so that you can produce 
that you're not really in tune with who you are and what you want and what you need. And that's how we end up in tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt with houses we don't even care about anymore because we we bought the things we thought would make us happy and we feel like we're underwater. You can't get your head above water, right? Get in touch with your feelings so that we know you're making decisions. The things on your task list, the places you go, the things you buy, they are actually fulfilling you, not just keeping you above everyone else. Number two, meditation. In the same way, right? Checking in, embodying yourself every day, becoming the observer, clearing your mind, Finding beauty in the simple things in your life can all happen through meditation and it's going to create a lot, it's going to remove a lot of the complications of your existence. So much of like what our threes can get themselves into that don't work, that don't feel good happen because there's not enough space between their thoughts and their actions. I mean, that's the same thing for all of us. When we're trying to step out of a type pattern, we have to create a little bit of space between the things we think and the things we do because our first impulse is to operate the same way we've operated for years and years and years. If we want to change that that pattern, we need to create a little bit of time where we can be the observer and notice our impulse to act and make a different choice. Meditation is the most efficient, using your language, the most efficient way to get that result. Okay, the third way to infuse more self-care in is regularly unplug from your competition. Maybe you turn your phone off for the weekend. Maybe you unfollow or mute some people online who make you feel like you need to catch up. Maybe you take a little break from some of the ways in which you feed that impulse to compete and just allow yourself to see how you feel. What's it feel like to just be in your own energy? It doesn't, you don't have the same, there's not as much fire under you to push and push and push and push. You get to slow down a little bit. You get to see what you actually are interested in, where you actually would like to spend your time. And I think it's important to note that when you start these things, taking a daily walk, meditating, not competing, initially, it's not going to be a good feeling. And I think as a seven, I needed to hear this because I think I've thought of like, if it's a good thing, it will feel good. And then I, if it's a bad thing, it will feel bad. And so I will go toward the things that feel good. And threes aren't necessarily as like obsessed with good feelings as I am, but there is an element of pushing the bad feelings away. And so just know when you go for your walk, there might be a lot of sad feelings that you've pushed down that are going to arise but that will get easier over time as you honor them more regularly. And then when you meditate, again, it might be hard, but it will get easier. And then as you regularly unplug, you might be sad for a little while because you have a lot of things that have been pushing you to motivate you. And so what you think you're supposed to feel, which is like driven and on top of things and energized and like, go, 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 go when you don't have that competition as your motivator, you might slump a little bit for a while. 
and you'll get your mojo back. And in fact, you'll get a healthier, happier version of your mojo back. Um, you can still set goals and objectives for yourself, but you just aren't comparing and competing. And you can motivate yourself with positive reward versus kind of, you know, negative self-talk or frustration with the process or feeling like you have to get ahead of the game. All right. And then the fourth way that you can infuse more self-care is setting feelings-based goals. I've talked before, Daniel Laporte has a whole book on this, but setting goals based off of how you want to feel, not what you want to achieve. This is so important for threes because your natural inclination is to treat yourself as a machine to get the things you want to do done. And you have to really rewire this because if you keep operating like that, you will burn yourself out or you will just have a really unhappy life. And so you're going to want to pause and really set your goals based off of how you want to feel. And, and your goals are telling you how you want to feel. They're just oftentimes misdirected. For example, if you set a goal to make a million dollars, you think there's some feeling you're trying to get from that money, right? So maybe that feeling is safety, all right? Like, okay, I, I want to make a million dollars because I want to feel safe. Well, what will, what, how can you get to safety without making a million dollars? Maybe there's a faster path to safety that doesn't require you burning yourself out to meet a metric-based goal, right? So set feelings-based goals. If you have a hard time with how knowing how you want to feel, which I know a lot of threes do, you might start with how do I not want to feel and give yourself the reverse of that. Let's play with that too. And my bonus for you, my threes, is find someone you can share your hardest truth with. You know, where are you failing? Where are you embarrassed? Where do you feel like you have to hide? Um, what do you think will make people think you're a fraud? Find someone you can share that stuff with and let them love you there. That's the big deal. That's really, really big. And that will show you how much more worthy you are than what you do and that you're actually okay and that you can be loved even in your, your darkest moments and your darkest spaces. If you don't feel like you can find someone who can love you there, you can choose to love yourself there. Affirm that part of you. Tell yourself it's okay. Write it on paper. Burn it. Look at it though. Don't hide it because when we hide it, we tell ourselves that we're only lovable for what we present to the public. And well, that's not it, is it? That's a, the teeniest, tiniest segment of who you are. And there's so much more to you than that little pocket. And if we're only giving love to that one tiny pocket, guess where all of our energy is going to go in that performance space of maintaining that mask, maintaining that performance, maintaining the illusion that you have all of your stuff together because if you won't be loved in your weakness and you won't be loved in your hardest parts of who you are, right? So give yourself love there, allow other people to love you there. And a lot of this other stuff will come fall into place a little bit easier. All right. Thank you all for being here. As always, it is such a joy to create this content for you. If you are someone who is looking for support and finding that balance between self-care and productivity without neglecting the things you really want to be doing in your life, 
you may be interested in my community, The Brave Collective, you can find that at thebravecollective.co, and we'll link that in the show notes as well for you. Thank you guys so much for joining me. As always, it is an absolute joy to create this content for you. If you have a second, leave a rating and review in iTunes. It would mean the world to me. And I will see you tomorrow for this week's interview.